Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast. Matthew, it feels better when you win. Everything's better when you win. Uh, I have a really, really hot take for this podcast. We should win more games. It's good. I think we should continue that. It's been fun. I, I appreciate your hot take and I will file it with the uh, with the hot takes and complaints department. Excellent. Excellent. So, Matthew, we are here today to review the home opener for CFC Women. They are back. They have played at home. Uh, it was a pretty raucous atmosphere. Um, I don't know how many people were there. I would say it was probably in the neighborhood of 1,000 people. was not announced. A um, little lower than I would have hoped, but I guess on Riverbend night with lookouts also playing, I think, and, and whatever else, like not a bad turnout. But either way, the crowd was very invested. It felt very good. It felt uh, different than the last times that we had a women's team um, in a good way. Like it felt very much like a, a men's game uh, and that atmosphere we're accustomed to for Channing Football Club. So all the things you'd want to feel, I think, even if the crowd wasn't maybe as... Um, Probably numerous the numerous that would have hoped. Probably the biggest crowd for CFC women's game. Maybe. Quite possibly. Never. Definitely in the supporter section. 109 was um, not all the way full, but pretty full. It was rowdy. Uh, it was loud. We definitely got on the goalkeeper's head, which we can get into at some point, because they actually made a goalkeeper sub. Um, and I just have a feeling that it might have been because we called Highlighter Highlighter, and she didn't like it. Well, I'm taking credit for it. You, you can call her Highlighter, but... Uh, for North Alabama, she was a low lighter on the uh, hey. on the occasion. All right, so let's dive straight into this. We have a little bit of a timeline. We're going to try this a little bit differently than we've done in the past. Um, so we'll start out talking about the starting lineups. Uh, yeah, this is else. easily our our best planned review pod ever. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So um, it's going to be fun. We have a little bit of a timeline. We'll kind of talk through the match and uh, see where it goes. So if you guys like this, let us know. If you don't like it, you know. Well, I guess also let us know or, or don't. I don't know. Anyway, uh, starting lineup. So this is a very different starting lineup than um, the past two games. So for the home opener here, um, Caritzales started and Lanter started at the two center back positions, which are two players who have started uh, most of the games. Polly started at right back instead of left back. Um, and Caroline Johnson started in goal. That was a reasonably... Um, like consistent backline from the last games. However, Caitlin Caminiti was not starting at winger, which where she did start previously. She was now starting at left back, uh, and I thought she was a, a standout player. I thought she did a really good job. Avery Catlett was starting uh, at the holding midfielder position. Matthew, in what looked like at least on paper, according to CFC's social media team, as a diamond. Listen. If there's one thing you should know about CFC at the amateur level, I don't care if it's men or women. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> Diamonds are back, baby. Uh, yeah, you're uh, you're not wrong. Um, or you are actually, I'm not sure it actually played like a diamond, but we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Isabel Aguilar, um, my favorite player. Sorry to all the other players, but Isabel is my absolutely my favorite. Uh, she started on the right side of that diamond. Um CC started, uh, I just got confirmation that it's exactly how you say her nickname is CC. So I'm glad I was pronouncing it wrong on some of these uh, episodes before now. Sorry, CC. Um, CC started. Uh, I thought as, as an aside, really briefly, tar- terribly sorry for interrupting. I think it'd be really funny if it was actually CC or say C just for like to really fuck with everybody. Yeah, that would, that would be, that would be just so mean and I would be so lost. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> CC started uh, number eight on the left side of the diamond with Jasmine Marquez, Jazzy Jazz, um, uh, at the 10 
where Juan Hernandez used to play, if you were or Luis Trude, if you remember from the men's team back in the day of that diamond setup, and then uh, Jackie Montez and May Pierce started up top. A first start for both of those players. I don't believe either player uh, Montez or Pierce had started a game thus far. Um, Matthew, you can double check me there if you'd like. I am I am pulling up our our previous preview pod for the uh, lineup graphics. Neither neither started. Um, in either of the previous matches, Caitlin Newsom was not available. She was not in the in the eighteen. Yeah, I think I think some um, sort of injury. They, you know, our CFC does not announce injuries, but uh, it seems to be some sort of knock that she may have picked up small injury or something. But I just hear uh, after the I, game, and she seemed to be in good spirits. So I also should not say eighteen because we have nine players listed as substitutes, which means it's a twenty woman match day roster. Yeah, interesting. So the big changes here are going to a diamond with two strikers up top. That is not something we have seen yet um, in in this season. And Caminiti going at left back. And I, you know, again, I thought she was a real standout player. So on the bench, we have Avery, Bowl, Chaco, Hurtado, Gaines, Lara, Flores, Sandhoff at goalkeeper, and Burrell. So um, Burrell, new uh, new player with a number, number thirty one. I do not believe in our preview pod she had a number at that point. Um, and I don't believe she was listed on the website, but we did preview her th- through some WPSL sleuthing. Am I remembering that Ooh, correctly? Glad, glad we, uh, glad we covered her. Uh, I do find it interesting that uh, Abby Sadler was again not in the twenty um, person roster. That was interesting. I don't know if she's unavailable due to injury, due to being out of town. If she's maybe Sandhoff just beat her to that second place. I don't know, but it's just interesting because she started that first game. She's an accomplished starter for the women's team, uh, her college team, excuse me, D1 college team here at UTC. And to see her not even among the sub amongst the substitutes is interesting. I wonder what we'll find out there. Um, all right. So first thing we wanted to figure out, I think as we started this game is, were we really playing a diamond? And Matthew, tell me if you think we were actually playing a diamond. Uh, no, not really. I think, I think it started, I think it kind of started that way. Like it, it seemed like uh, CC and Aguilar were, were definitely like the wider midfielders in, in the setup. Um, and Catlow was I definitely sitting deeper than, and, than and they Catlow was definitely sitting deeper than Marquez was. Like Marquez was definitely more of the, the furthest forward midfielder. Uh, but I didn't get a good feel for it. Uh, it wasn't like, it was definitely not a tight diamond, uh, which was a feature that I think the men's team in the amateur days under Bill Elliott had uh, of, of a fairly tight diamond that would, that would expand out, but they didn't, like, they, they used the diamond to control midfield and the center of the midfield because the outside backs were often incredibly athletic and would get forward and attack, providing that kind of width. So. The difference here is uh, Caminiti and, and Polly really weren't getting, they, they were not like bombing outside backs or anything like that. So a lot of the width in this diamond was coming from, at the early stages, Aguilar on the right or, or CC on the left. Um, and yeah, is that a feature? Is that like just the way the game kind of played out? I'm not terribly sure. It's really too early to tell. It's also a little but, bit like we've talked about, you know, we talked about the eights in Coach Rod Underwood system. We talked about playing like how eights could play wide and they could be the guy, the the players that 
get the width or the players that like stay central in this system. They definitely had a lot of freedom similar to the, how we predicted initially the men's team would play. And then we ended up maybe not being right, but how we thought the eights were going to play <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I think we saw that's how these eights played as they played very wide. Um, not all the time, but they were the, they were the players providing the width. Like, like you said, as opposed to your fullbacks. Providing and, the width. and maybe in, in, in defense, we, we should note that um, as, as Modelo is going crazy uh, in the corner, in the corner here. Um, I, I think it's important to note that the offensive formation is different from how we lined up defensively. So I would, I would argue that in, in on offense, the diamond was really the formation we, we worked with that in that first uh, really actually the entire game. And we'll talk about the red card at, at some point, but really like the diamond worked on offense, the whole, the whole game. Like there was one main holding midfielder. There was one main, attacking midfielder that came out of the center. You had two wider midfielders uh, in defense that 10 dropped in and it was basically two banks of four. Yes. So, 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 one so thing- when, when we talk, when we talk about like differences in formations and like, is it a flat four, four, two, is it, is it a four, four, two diamond? Sometimes you, you don't necessarily defend out of the same formation that you attack it. And as an example for that, uh, for listeners to, to compare that to, if you think back to the end of the men's season, uh, oftentimes we were playing uh, what we called a, a 4-3-3 offset or a 4-3-2 offset type, type formation. And it was one where we had two strikers, one winger, a 10, an 8, a 6, and then a back 4. And the 8 was like the six and the 10 were basically in line with one another in the, in the center of the field. And then whichever side the winger was on, and it usually was Damian Rodriguez on the right side, we would put the eight on the left side uh, of, of that formation. And it's basically just designed to get your, um, your, your most creative, your most interesting player out of the middle of the field uh, and on the wing. And, and as we remember, Damien was killing it on that, on that right wing, uh, late in the, late in the men's fall season. So, uh, but we defended, we, even with the offset two striker formation in attack, we defended out of a four, three, three, one of those strikers would drop in and become a winger in defense. Um, so I, I just say all that to note that the lineup graphic has a diamond. I think it's a diamond. But for we were definitely defending in, in, a, in two banks of four, flat four four two. Yeah, when you say two banks of four, you mean four four defenders across a line, four midfielders across a line, and then two forwards kind of in a line together. And I yes, agree, we yes. were using two different formations, and that's a thing that we've talked about a little. We have not talked about actually too much on our our soccer nerd podcast, and you can go back and listen to some of those if you want to know what jibber jabber we're jabbering about with four <laughs> with sixes and and eights and tens and whatever else. But. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think we were playing two distinctly different formations in attack and defense, um, which is, I mean, formations are only a starting point. It's a way for us that aren't playing to like yeah. talk about how things are, but they're only starting points and every formation is going to be interpreted a little bit differently by the players that are playing. And I think it's really interesting in our, in our rewatch that we just did before, before going live on air here, neither of us made that point. <laughs> making yeah. the notes. I think we, well, I think we were, we were figuring we it got, out. I think we got there eventually, but so it took I, in a our in our notes here, I have um, num- minute one kickoff. All right, uh, first note: Polly did nothing wrong. Polly, this is <laughs> this podcast stands for Polly, 
and yeah. uh, yeah, fuck you, referee. Um, <laughs> uh, then, like, I think a fourth one three two uh, was a little bit how it played. You know, we had because I have a, with question marks in there. It played a little bit like a four one three two, and then then I have four four two written down. Then I have four four two box written down. Uh, but you, when you put those things together, you have one one thing in uh, on defense and one thing on offense. So I think that's correct for at least the first part of the game before the subs start happening. Because if you uh, have forgotten, the WPSL is a really stupid league that has unlimited <laughs> substitutions in and out. Um, so fuck you, WPSL. Anyway. Um, Minutes to let's get started. So kickoff is uh, in the first minute, obviously. Kind of nothing happens for about one minute, and then between minutes two and four, we have two dangerous corners and dangerous chances for uh, North Alabama. I think North Alabama actually came out a little bit more um, intense than we did, um, a little bit more ready, and they got a couple lucky bounces and whatever else. But uh, it was scary early on. We could have gone down one nothing um, there early, and that would have changed the game a lot. But it didn't. Um, minutes out of four to 11, really nothing real of really of note happens on our timeline. But in minute 11, I definitely noted here, and I don't know if you agree, Matthew, we were first to a lot of balls. We were very much on the front foot uh, in defense and in possession, which I think was a little bit different than we saw for large stretches of those first two games that we lost. I felt like we were not the first to every ball. A lot of times we were second to winning those balls. Maybe the aggression wasn't there. Maybe we just weren't reading the game as well. But in this game, it felt to me like our midfield did a much better job of reading the game and getting to balls first, early, and, and dictating kind of being more, on, again, on the front foot in comparison to be reactive to um, to what North Alabama was doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I thought, um, like you said, we were. I thought we were under it a little bit the first 10 minutes of, of the game. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it started shifting. And yeah, we kind of found our feet. We, when, once we found our feet, we were. I think we were in control all match until, until the last the, 10 minutes, last 10 minutes. In, yeah. Until the, until the last 10 minutes and we'll get there. And, and I mean, like you see, you know, the, the, the first 10 minutes, North Alabama's favorite, the second 10 minutes is when we really start making moves and you've got, you've got, you know, players, just players making plays, whether they're getting to the ball first, they're, they're picking up a ball, they're picking up their head, looking for something you saw a little bit of little bit of sauce going on with some good turns in midfield, um, controlling the area, um, and then we get a minute eighteen. You've got a, a great free kick opportunity from Jasmine Marquez. Uh, puts the ball on target. Puts it. I mean, right by the post. Very good save. Excellent save from the North Alabama keeper uh, to keep it nil nil. Setting up a corner kick, and that corner kick matters. Because, well, scored a goal. Volley fucking banger from Isabel Aguilar. Um, so, yeah, I would say, like, I agree with all of that. In the 14th, also, I have it noted here that a uh, great turn and pass from Avery Catlett. Uh, possession in the midfield. Possession in the midfield is one thing we did not keep at all in the Nashville game. And we did in the first half of the Birmingham game, but not in the second half. And so it was good to see players be... Um, both patient, but also just like very um, skillful in the midfield and keep the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that goal. So corner comes in and it, it takes a bounce off of a defender's um, defender heads it up in the air, basically. And it bounces and she takes that off. Isabel takes that off the volley, like an absolute dream. The, the as sweet as you can hit it, 
like, oh, just so good. So good. The entire stadium is just goes insane. And then everybody's looking at each other like, holy shit, that volley. That is nothing but banger. Uh, and that I hope somebody makes into a GIF. Uh, maybe Jay, producer Jay, will make this to a, into a GIF. Uh, because that should be a, a GIF with it bouncing. Um, and her just hitting it so sweetly and, and scoring. And what a way to open the scoring at home and go up one nothing. What a way to open your CFC account. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Bangers only. You don't get many first goals better than that. So um, that's that's fantastic. And then I'll note uh, after the goal, and and that goes down as an unassisted goal because um, the, the the corner comes in, deflected off the head uh, of a, of a North Alabama defender before, which creates the volley. Um, I'll note that like. It's not like we rest on our laurels there or anything. Like immediately, immediately things start happening. We start pressing a little bit. Uh, a couple minutes later, Avery gets um, a great shot. I sorry, I think that's Catlett gets a gets a gets a shot. So one thing I think we've yes, learned about yes. this about this league is that uh, the WPSL standard of goalkeeping is not the highest. Uh, and if you can get a shot on goal, you should take it because uh, the goal is big and the goalkeepers are not very tall. Uh, so. I loved, I think that we did not take enough shots in previous games. I'm not saying we had a ton of opportunities we squandered, but I think this game, th- those girls were really looking to pull the trigger early. They were like, all right, I got an op- opportunity. I'm taking one. I'm, I don't know. We took probably five or six that were either close or over the bar, but for much deeper um, that I think were very good shots to take. And I was, I don't think we took any of those shots in the first two games. And I would, that yeah. was a really, really good thing, I think. And, and we started pressing, like you noted, in the 22nd minute. And that was uh, different because we hadn't pressed before that. And I don't know if I've seen us really press in the first two games. So that press worked. Uh, it put North Alabama under a lot of pressure there. Um, and it, it caused a few turnovers immediately after that goal. And we were really pushing for that 2 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll note that like, it wasn't like we were completely bossing this game, although we were, we were in control, like North Alabama had a couple opportunities here and there. Uh, we've got in our notes here, great stop from Caitlin Caminiti in the 24th minute. Uh, and then a note that I think is important. We should talk about this a little bit. You've got a note here, 24th minute balanced lineup. Uh, and, and then Randy figuring it out with a question mark. Expand a little bit about about what you were what you were thinking when you made that note. Thirty players came into camp what three weeks ago. Um, ne- most of whom have never been on a team together. There's a handful from Dalton State. Obviously, there's a handful from Point. But these are not. This is not a team that played together last year. Um, this is not a team that played together all last summer and is now you know had 15 players come back and then another added a new 10 or whatever. This is a 30 new players together, and so I think that um, this lineup was much more balanced both skill-wise, but also athletically. Um, I feel like in some other games, our midfield has gotten overrun at times um, or just not done, not had the... Sometimes, like sometimes you want a... And I'm going to use an example. This doesn't have to apply for us, but it could actually apply. Cardsales, not the most athletic player, not the biggest player. Go with their feet, decent positioning. Anna Lanter, very good athlete, right? It's very common to have two center backs, and that's kind of like we played today with one that is very athletic and one that is very technical. And that doesn't mean the other can't be technical, right? But it just means there's a lot of times you have a yin and a yang. So one plays one role. If you remember the Soren Juhaszczyk role back in the day, Soren used to just be the, the go-getter in the MPSL days. You'd send him, and he was a heat-seeking missile to just Oops. go, like, find the ball. 
and and he would step out really hard and then somebody like Lima or somebody would sit back and, and be the player that sits back and is a little more technical. I think that um, and it's not like it doesn't always work like that in pairs of technicality and or technical ability, excuse me, and um, physical ability. But I do think in this lineup, we had the right mixture of athletes um, that can cover ground like. Catlett, for example, who can really cover ground, snuff out da- danger, like really do those jobs. And then also players who are really technical and going to pick out the pass and, you know, hold the ball, and whatever else. And I don't know why things didn't always work in the first few games, um, but the balance was a little bit off. We were just not clicking. And I felt like in this game, we were clicking much more so both athletically and technically, where it was the right balance in all areas of the field. And we just controlled all areas of the field much more effectively. And I felt like players were put in the position to succeed much more effectively in this game based on where they were playing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, we move on a little bit. Some subs start happening uh, for North Alabama in the 26th minute. Yep. Line change uh, in the 26th minute because the WPSL is stupid. And then we, uh, and then we pull out, uh, we make a couple changes a few minutes later. Uh, Sierra Bull comes on for Jasmine Marquez and then Kaylee Burrell comes on for May Pierce. Uh, and the formation holds uh, just kind of the same way. Still two strikers, still the diamond in midfield uh, with Sierra Bull playing the, the higher up role in, in midfield uh, just kind of those straight swaps. Uh, we go, we go through here. Nice to see Sierra Bull back from injury, by the way, or whatever she had. Because remember, she was a late scratch in that Nashville game, and I don't believe she played in Birmingham. She wasn't on the listed on the on this roster uh, for Birmingham. So good to see her get some minutes. Yeah, exactly. So let's go. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit to uh, to the mid thirties now. Uh, uh, Chaco comes on for for Jackie Montez, and. Uh, and then right after that, we get to the 38th minute. And let's talk about a dog so goal that was disallowed. Let's talk about some poor refereeing. <laughs> like, I need a moment. Like, I've watched this now several times, and I still need a moment. What on earth are we doing here, man? Like, and by we, you mean the referee? Yeah. Like I don't I know, exa- under- I know exactly what Polly was doing. <laughs> I I just don't I have no idea how you make that how you make that call. Like I have no idea how you I I guess I guess the whistle was early. But like the attacker shrugs Polly off. Let's not kid ourselves. Like there's so, tell us <laughs> set us set up situation. All right, so it's a bit of a breakaway uh, for North Alabama. Uh, we're scrambling to get back, uh, and Polly makes a uh, Polly makes a challenge. Mostly, it's kind of a tug back type type deal. She grabs her jersey with both hands, gives her a little pull it's back. A, it's a slight tug back. It's not even much. And by the way, uh, it doesn't matter because the defender doesn't go down. I'm sorry, the attacker doesn't go down. The attacker keeps dribbling and scores. Yeah. Yeah, the tiger keeps dribbling and scores. Like takes one more, maybe two more touches, probably just one more touch, and and scores. And it's a good goal, no problems, no questions. And the referee doesn't even, the referee doesn't even like, 
move the hands in any direction. He doesn't say go goal. Like, he just he he just like looks around for a second and and just like walks over to the to the assistant referee on on the far side of the field. They talked for about twenty five minutes. It was like two and two is a long a long time for a conference for referees. And then just comes over, like still has not indicated that there's a foul, there's a free kick, there's nothing here. And, hasn't indicated just, foul, hasn't indicated goal, has indicated nothing. Just like has everybody. no has no idea what planet he's on. And um, and I think he asked Santa Lanter a question, the captain, because Anna picks out Polly and says, Go take your punishment here. We all know what's about to happen. And yeah, we thought a yellow card was coming. Yeah, and and he gives he gives Polly a red card uh, for a denial of a goal scoring opportunity, uh, and and it's a free kick on the edge of the box, and yeah, Alabama goes from a tie game. North Alabama goes from a tie game one one just before the half, like you know, great momentum thing for them to up a, up a woman, but no goal because Caroline Johnson saves the ensuing free kick. So what the thing that's missing here is that he blew the whistle early. He blew the whistle before the shot went off. So, stupidly, as soon as Polly grabbed the shirt and pulled her back, he blew the whistle. He tried to blow it dead, but she scored. Like he he just it was an inadvertent or not inadvertent. It was just an, a bad early whistle. And so then he had made the call, so the goal can't stand because the goal happened after the whistle. So after talking about it for two minutes with a referee on the sidelines, and he's like, "Okay, I've changed my mind." He rules off the goal and then sends a player off. So that is a yellow card and then a goal. And it should have been one, one the game works out. Spoiler alert. So I'm not like, you know, we're missing Polly for next game and that sucks. So, but I'm not going to get super mad about him, like getting it wrong and us still winning, but like it's amateur hour out there, man, for the referees, like, come on, like, just don't blow your whistle early. Like, and then like, don't penalize a player for something they should for your be, mistake for your mistake for your mistake like Polly only gets a red card there because he made a mistake it's just it's just dumb she I mean I get that she fouled and probably it was technically denial of a goal scoring opportunity there for a red card but it's it's they play advantage and she she scores so it should just be one one but you know what I'll fucking take it we go down to 10 players but you know what doesn't matter it doesn't matter how many players we have on the field because we were not losing the game Last night, I want to point out here uh, because we did win this game and it was two one. And if you're listening to this podcast, you almost certainly know that already. Let me just set the stage for you here. It's the 35th minute. We it's the 38th minute. We win by a goal. We win two to one. We have one more goal than the opponent. If the referee makes the right call, okay, it's two two. That's two goals. That's an extra goal, which means they have as many goals as we do. Do we concede that goal, though, if we have another player? We're not down a player? If Polly makes the foul, Polly made the foul. No goal. If Polly doesn't make the foul, it's a goal. Three points versus one point. All I'm saying is Polly did nothing wrong. We win that game because of Polly's foul. Polly did nothing wrong. Nothing. Fouling is winning. This podcast stands for Polly. (laughs) Fouling is winning. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Listen, all I care about is we won. Good job, Polly. We'll see you in uh, section 109 next week with the Chattahooligans. 
since you can't play, unfortunately, for a game. Um, play resumes. CC drops immediately to right back. Um, so, and then we are we come out in a four four one instead of four four two. It just becomes a four four one with Isabel pushing up um, from that right sided midfield position into the attack. Some and then Burrell Burrell also pushing up into the attacks up top. But Chaco's up top. Uh, Sierra. Um, Sierra Bowl and Catlitter then holding. So basically, again, it becomes a 4-4-1. Same back line, just CC's now at right back. And then Sierra Bowl and um, Catlitter holding. So they have two players to kind of all the time back. And yeah, then, we, we lost our we lost our second striker. Burrell drops into the left side where CC was. Yep. And, and we just kind of keep on. The interesting thing, and I think this came more pronounced in the second half when there was actually more time to, to see it, is... Um, I wondered if it was more of a flat four four one in the second half, and I think now, uh, I think it's one of those things where it, the diamond probably ended up still holding. I get because we just defended out of a out of a four four one, the flat four four one, but the attack was still whoever was in, in that center midfield position that had more license, and usually Catlett was still the was still like the deepest midfielder. Uh, Whoever whoever had license ended up being like the more advanced, and I and I'd be curious to talk to Randy one day about about the like the whole tactical design of the like was it a diamond was it not of a diamond was it just like how you attacked versus how you defended I'd be curious to know because it it really like I, I wondered how much change there was going to be and now that I think about it you may have just removed one like one of the two forwards and went about your business from there. Yeah, because it's so. designed designed when the, when the ball's in different parts of the field that that diamond has to shift around naturally. Yep, I agree with that. So Catlett in the 14, I have it written down. Um, <laughs> please don't die. Um, for, uh, Catlett has a shot uh, in the 49th. There's a lot of stoppage time in this because of the referee's entire like diatribe with the other referee and whatever. So Catlett gets a shot in the 49th. That's still stoppage time. Um, and then the 51st, I have written down here. Anna always coaching. Um, the other thing I have written down here is we are not scared in all caps. Uh, we went to four, four, that four, four, one. We were not the team that was pinned back. We had still roughly equal amount of possession. We were still going forward. We were still generating chances. And yeah, I, that was great. Uh, I took 51st minute and always coaching. I noticed in the um, Birmingham and Nashville games after each goal that we conceded, um, she was regularly two fingers like next to each other, like, you know, indicating like players, you know, positionally and was constantly mm-hmm. coaching like um both vocally speaking but also like visually with her fingers um and i think that shows like some real definite leadership um from anna like always coaching those younger players always trying to get them um more organized and better organized and better prepared for that next one and so i saw as soon as that whistle blew coming off the field she's immediately got one of the girls and i, I apologize i don't remember who it was pulled aside and she's like giving her like instructions and, and tactical stuff um as they're going off the field which i thought was great and i, I love that that leadership from anna uh, yeah it's, it's it's fantastic and it's exactly what you want from a captain absolutely uh especially with you know and is and extremely experienced and and some of the some of the girls on the team are just you know, they're, they're right out of high school or, or, you know, early in their college career still. So you want somebody with that experience. Got to remember, and as a grad assistant at Lee, uh, you want, you want someone with that kind of experience to help bring these younger players along and, and really uh, be the person that everyone looks to. 
So I, I love I love to see it. No, I agree. I agree. So halftime notes here. Uh, we have Pauly did nothing wrong in all caps. Um, red card changes the game, except it doesn't. Um, game flow is better than in the previous two matches. Much more under control. More ideas. More time. More space to play. Um, yeah, North Alabama's not that good, but everything felt more balanced and uh, and better, like better put. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm 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 right now. I'm I'm monitoring my little small cat going absolutely berserk because that's just what happens when you record podcasts. Um, yeah, everything everything was more balanced. The field of play was was just so much. Um, I think, I think the game plan, I think the game plan was better. I think the way we had players on the field uh, moving around and how they interchanged with each other was better. Uh, just all in all, I mean, best half we played all season. Bar none, not even close. By the way, I think earlier uh, I called her Hannah Burrell. It's Kaylee Burrell. <laughs> I am so sorry, Kaylee. Um, yeah, that was completely wrong of me. I had a, I had a, a first name mix up. Um, we'll yeah, forgive you this once just this once um, second half kicks off uh, good shot of the city skyline I loved that from the uh, from the from the stream uh, something I did not love and I'm just going to say this once um, I have a lot of notes in this the graphics were completely fucked all game wrong pictures wrong player names all sorts of shit get it together CFC like what the fuck dude like get it fucking together it was absolutely ridiculous um yeah, it was really bad and really embarrassing. Anyway, uh, on to the other things. Uh, North Alabama went in. Uh, at- hang on, while while we're there, let's just add a thing. We gotta we gotta do spell check on these players' names too. You can't be spelling players' names wrong. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So. Get your shit together, dudes. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was just fucking interns working today and they'd never done it before, so everyone's just scrambling to make it work. But get it fucking together. All right. All right. As I'm as I'm in a bit of a coughing fit right now, let's uh, let's move into the let's move into the second half. Uh, Breezy, take us through the the how we opened up the second half in terms of lineup. All right. So the lineup change. First of all, I will I'll give you the entire lineup. But uh, we had some lineup changes. Um, but North Alabama finally started pressing, so that made things difficult for us. Um, they came out with an actual plan in the second half. We still played well, but it was much more difficult. Um, so to start out. Uh, Anna and Cardsales switch sides, left center back and right center back. So in the first um, first half, Anna was playing left center back. Anna Lancher was. She went to the right center back position. CC went to right back, which was the immediate switch in the first half as well. Caitlin stayed at left back, but you have the center backs had switched sides. Um, we basically played a four four two with Isabel having a free. I'm sorry, a four four one with Isabel having a free role to go forward, um, which kind of kept the diamond as you pointed out. But I think we play with much more of a flat three in front of the defense more often. So Vanessa Lara came in, um, and she was great. I think she was brought in because she's a very experienced player. She's played for Coach Randy. Um, she's uh, a senior, or just was a senior, so a lot more experience. I think I really saw that in her play. She was disciplined in where she was going. I felt like she just really was out there to manage the game. And I thought she did that very well. Uh, Catlett stayed in the middle and then Sierra Bowl was on the right side. She kind of had a four, three similar to how we were before Isabel dropping in next to Catlett sometimes. And then sometimes going forward a little bit with uh, Burrell up top, um, Kaylee Burrell up top. So that's how we started the sec- the second half. And yeah, it was, it was honestly, didn't feel like we were down a player 
I felt like we were even, even though we were we had a one less player, which was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, uh, and let's give let's give Randy some credit here. I thought I thought he managed managed the, the game with the red card extremely, extremely well. Yeah, and I don't know how much ability he had to give any instructions when the red card first happened, um, other than maybe dropping CCN. Like, they didn't have a water break. They didn't have a, there's no timeouts. Like, it was just like game took, on. It, yeah, it, it took, as soon as the red card was given, all of a sudden, like, things started happening. Like, the game started, like, almost resumed, you know, Immediately. As, soon as, as soon as Polly was off the field. Like, it, it was... And so I, th- I there's not a lot of time. There. I, so I don't know what instructions he was able to give during that period, or if it was just the team adapting. But whatever adapt adaptations happened immediately worked very well. And then in the second half, I thought we were even better at managing the games, and those were obviously tweaks that Randy made at halftime. 50, yeah, absolutely. Fifty third minute, uh, Burrell almost scores a goal by herself. So long ball to her from Caroline as uh, she holds up the ball, uh, beats four players, and then has a great left footed shot that is inches over the bar. Um, really saw some of the potential there for all the goals she scored. I think uh, I had it pulled up here a second ago. Kaylee had. 18 goals and seven assists in 21 games at Covenant this season. And I think we saw a big, um, and in her career, she had four, uh, 68 games, played 42 goals, 21 assists. And I think we really saw her um, her ability and, and a little flash of that uh, that goal-scoring ability that went just, just over the bar. And I hope we see a lot more of that going forward. Yeah, we saw her a lot in this game. Uh, and in the second half portion on the, on the, one of the wing sides. Uh, she was not the furthest forward player, except and except until this point. Well, she was the furthest point player until this point, and then after that, she kept subbing in as one of the wide players because yes, in the WPSL correct. you can make unlimited subs. Yeah, so like right after right after this sequence, uh, Damaris Gaines comes in for for uh, Burrell, and and so when Bur- Burrell returns the rest of the game, she's on she's on the wing. Uh, so Gaines for Burrell but, but, in the fifty fourth, but it was a really and and I, I just wanted to point out like. This sub matters, by the way. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sub matters a lot. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So um, Burrell almost scores the goal by herself. It's literally the last touch of her of hers for that period because she gets subbed out immediately after that. I'm sure the substitute was already planning, already like in the process of coming in. So Gaines comes in uh, in the 54th. The 55th, Isabel absolutely little sistered that girl. She uh, just, get, get off me, and like took it around. I mean, she, that's when, this is when Isabel started taking the game over. Um my girl, man, that that she is so good. Um, so she really li- little sistered that girl, and I just I have written uh, ha, 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 in all capitals <laughs> after yeah. uh, after that. Fifty uh, ninth minute, we are still really managing the game well. Um, we are keeping possession in our in our third when they're giving it to us. Um, really not letting the opposing team dictate anything. Thought that was very good. We were very patient. We were not trying to force things. Um, and since by this point, North Alabama had North Alabama had stopped pressing, um, and they were pressing earlier on. So once they stopped pressing, we had time and space, and I really felt like we did a nice job of taking time off the clock, keeping the ball. Um, and really like managing things around. Uh, in the 61st, Brianna Hurtado comes in for Sierra Bull. Uh, Sierra uh, or Brianna goes to the left side of midfield, and uh, Vanessa Lara moved to the right side. Remember, Vanessa Lara was brought in, stayed on the left, and was doing that kind of game management job of really just staying back next to Catlett for the most part, and then making smart plays. And she continued to do that from the right side. Then 
uh, in the 62nd minute. Here's where that I, sub I believe, matters. I, by the way, I believe this is the same sequence. Uh, like the the substitution happens, the clock turns over to the next minute, and then and then, the and then it's the ensu- yeah. and then it's the ensuing free kick. So Caminiti uh, <clears throat> hits a long free kick uh, to Vanessa Lara. Uh, Vanessa Lara gets her head on the ball. The defender then gets their head on the ball right after that. So, unfortunately, uh, Lara does not technically get an assist for this one. Uh, the defender, after the defender heads the ball up in the air, Damaris comes up, heads the ball uh, as the third player in a row to head the ball, looping header over top of the goalkeeper. Go fuck yourself, goalkeeper. And we are up to nothing. Yeah, absolutely massive, uh, massive goal in this game. Uh, it's always it's always nice when you're when you're down down a player to, to score another goal. Um, and obviously it proved to be a, a huge decisive, like game winning goal. Um, but just like that's, that's heads up. That's heads up play from Damaris Gaines to, uh, to just like keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And then just, you know, ball hut basically. Yeah. And just go for it and knock it home. It's a striker. And to recognize a striker's the keepers finish. off the line. It's a striker's and to recognize, to recognize the keepers off the line just has to loop the head, the ball over, Great goal. Yeah, it's great. Um, the In the 63rd, I mean, literally right after that, goalkeeper change, I think it was before we even lined back up to take out the goalkeeper, uh, yeah. whose name was Highlighter uh, from the Chattahoola Hooligans. And then the new goalkeeper became Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 63rd minute, 2-0, goalkeeper change. Love a good goalkeeper change um, because it usually means that something has gone wrong for them, and that was fun. Uh, 64th minute, nice Nice Demaris hold up play here. Um, Hurtado with good ideas. Um, nice, nice creativity on that left side. Doesn't amount to any like uh, big chances uh, or any goal scored. I should say maybe maybe there's some little chances there, but or big chances. But still, it's I've got that as a note. It was good. Sixty um, fifth minute. I have written down heat seeking missile and a lancer. Um, strong Soren vibe. So you get the you get your bank of four right. You get your four defenders and Anna though of those defenders playing on the right side now instead of the left again. She's coming out of the right side and flying into midfield whenever there's an opportunity to go find the ball, just heat-seeking missile. Um, that was different than the first half. In the first half, she was not stepping out aggressively, but I think with us being down a player, she then had license to, okay, since we're down a player, you don't want overloads, therefore let's take some risks. You step into midfield when you when you feel like you can win the ball, and boy, did she step into the midfield and win the ball yeah, several she definitely times. Out, she definitely cut out a lot of a lot of potential chances that never became chances Yeah, um, by, by stepping into midfield. Really good play from Atlanta. Um, uh, by, by, by the way, in the 66th minute, there's these things called ball kids. And they're there. And they're giving the ball back. And the whole WPSL, so, okay, sorry. Let me do this. Nashville and Birmingham away can get fucked. Play, have ball kids, you stupid, stupid people. Have ball kids. Like we had ball kids, we had a stream. Two things none of y'all have had so far. Get your shit together. Uh, here's an interesting note that we made late in the uh, late in, in the sixty in the sixty minutes block, uh, heading towards the seventieth minute. Which team is playing with ten here? Didn't look like we were. I mean, like still, like we're we're going through now. This is. The thirty fifth. Uh, I'm, ba- I'm bad with math, but forty five to seventy is what twenty five minutes. Well, since there was like six minutes of stoppage time or whatever ridiculous amount in the first half, we're going into like fifteen plus, roughly fifteen minutes, twelve, no, twelve minutes in the first half of of stoppage time, or including stoppage time, and now we're almost thirty minutes. We're twenty five minutes in the second half, so we're going into fifty five minutes roughly ballpark. Bad math. 
of playing down a, a player and we don't look like we're down. We don't think we're down at all. Uh, and, and yeah, like there's the, there's some cliches in soccer sometimes about how, you know, the, the team that goes down a person, like, you know, they, they play up a little bit because of, because of being down. But we weren't um, bunkering in. We weren't bunkering in at all. We were taking it to them. Yeah. We, had, we were, we were still, we were still taking it to them. Like, the game was still in, in our control this entire time. Um, it was just wild. Yeah. It was I, just wild. I agree. So the 69th minute. Nice. Uh, Jasmine comes in for CC and the formation changes. So Anna Lanter goes to right back. Avery Catlett comes in from the six, drops into the um, center back position uh, on the right side. Cardzales stays and then Caitlin stays. So now we have across the back line, Anna. Then we have Catlett, Cardzales, and Caitlin. And uh, Jasmine has come in for CC. And then it's. Hurtado's still, Hurtado's still on the left there. Uh, Laura's still on the right. And then it's. Uh, it's Isabel Aguilar and and uh, and Jasmine uh, Jasmine Marquez in the middle. But ja- Jasmine's and, now playing the Isabel role and going forward a lot more. And Isabel's now sitting much more in the Catlett role. Yeah, and and I want to make a point here, and and we'll 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 make this point again in a in a, in a minute. I just want to bring it up. This is the part where Isabel Aguilar really shows what she's got. Uh, she becomes the deepest. So like she's played out wide. She's played uh, up sensibly the 10 in this diamond in this diamond system. And now she's essentially the six in this diamond system. And holy shit. This girl knows how to play man. And uh, this, this became, this became her game. Um, she, I mean, already scored, already scored the first goal and everything. And I get that, but this is the point where she started absolutely running the show. And it was something else to watch. Um, yeah, I agree. Immediately, immediately coming on, um, Jazz puts a Jazz puts a, a deep shot on a on goal. She's got a shot on her, man. She's yeah. she's got a she's got a strong right foot. Um, and I I liked her and Catlett stepped up and and I said this earlier, but they, they took a bunch of shots that we were not taking in previous games, and they were close. And I would argue that um, they were keeping that defense honest because you can't keep dropping deeper. If we're going to take, excuse me, further away shots and these keepers are not very tall. Yeah. So and, and that, go. and that, and that Jasmine Marquez shot comes off of a situation where Brianna Hartado makes a great step yes. uh, defensively out of midfield. Takes just the ball. Really, good, just really yeah. good stuff. Really good stuff from a player. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. got the, uh, got the coughs going on here. A really good step from a player that did not get a ton of time. In the uh, in the first in the first couple of games, I don't believe, but really, uh, really coming on. She's going to Dalton State in the fall, as we mentioned on the preview pod. Uh, had a great high school senior year at Southwest Midfield. Yeah. Yep. Very. It was nice to see her out there. I don't think she got many minutes, in, like you said, in game one or game two. So wonderful. I don't want to call it a surprise because um, it's, it's hard to know what to expect. You're only three games in, but yeah, loved it. Loved it. Um, and also, and oh, by the, oh, oh, by the way, she's got some sauce on her. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. She's got some sauce. It's fun. Uh, got a little bit of that Taylor Gray, like, yes, move those hips, like send the players the wrong way. It was good. She megged a girl. I loved it. She also taking corners, <laughs> also taking corners. So young player um, playing with swag, playing with uh, uh, taking corners, playing with confidence. I loved it. I loved it. Um, want to see yeah. more of that. Um, so, uh, in the 74th, we have just, uh, 
Brianna Hurtado sauce all in caps. So she was continuing to do her thing in the 75th. Alexa Avery comes in for Demaris Gaines. Um, minutes 77 to 79 is the Isabel Aguilar show. She was just absolutely dictating and running the entire game from that sixth position. Just absolutely dominant. Um, yeah. It, if you go back and rewatch this game, it is clearly evident that she's the best player on the field for those three minutes and maybe the whole game, but those three minutes, she is just like, Oh, I'll take that. Thank you. Bye. Hello. See ya. I mean, she's just, it's so good. Yeah. Most, most significant portions of the match involve, involve Isabel Aguilar. Yeah. Uh, just, just, she was everywhere. She dictated stuff. Like it was just really, it was just really fun to watch. In the 80th, we have two notes here. Alexa Avery with some sauce and good holdup play. A um, lot of thankless running up top defensively as well. She was kind of the only forward in this formation with um, Jazz coming up to join her some, but she was still a midfielder because um, we're playing down a player. And then in the 80th minute, also a great, great save from Caroline, keeping the keeping the game le- um, 2-0 still at this point. Um, 81, 81st minute, unfortunately, right after the great save that puts the ball out of bounds. Uh, we don't defend very well. It's kind of poor man marking. Um, yeah, it's just not good marking. Unlucky bounce too, but yeah, they score a goal from right in front of the um, right in front of the uh, like penalty spot essentially, or right in, like it's right there. It's a bad it's a bad place to give up a shot at. They score, and the next in, inside inside the six. Yeah, I want to point out the next fifteen. Yeah, that's 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 bad. That's gotta drive. That's gonna drive Randy crazy. Yeah, definitely. The next fifteen minutes are including stoppage time are the worst play. The worst. Um, plays of the game, the worst period of the game for CFC. And look, we were down a player for most of this game. So like, I'm not going to sit here and, and think that we're going to dominate with, with 10 players, but boy, did it get nervy. It was uh, it was tight and sphincter time. I was very, very nervous. Very, very <laughs> nervous. Um, so I'll give a, a few notes here. Uh, 82nd minute, Reina Flores comes in for Brianna Hurtado. Um, dangerous free kick for North Alabama in the 83rd. Um, luckily they did not capitalize on their free kicks. Um, they had a few and yeah, that could have been very bad. So hopefully in the, f- it will make up some smarter fouls. That foul I felt like in the 83rd was not great. Um, not a smart foul. So glad it didn't happen. Uh, 86, we had some dangerous play out of the back. We had an error and they had a great chance on a cutback. They did not, um, capitalize on, which was awesome. Kept the game two one, but that was, you know, a nervy moment. Um, kind of yeah, like we saw was not, was not a great play from Carazales and, uh, there and, and and to be fair it was one of the few times she made a mistake all match yeah so all that matters is it doesn't go in right like it's we're, we're all good um 87 cc comes back in for jazz um cc goes to the sixth and isabel goes to the 10 um and then so now isabel's back up in that jasmine role that she's switching around um and cc's just game managing it so um caroline has some great game management i felt like taking free kicks a little bit slower um we had some good game management, like switching off and like taking throw-ins a little slower. Could have used a little bit more dark arts, and hopefully they'll work on it. Um, but yeah, I thought that we really managed the game well at the end there, uh, during that period of time, I should say. Then Burrell came in for Flores, um, and then Reyna didn't come out. I'm going to give her the credit for time-wasting. She pretended she couldn't <laughs> hear Kaylee screaming at her from the sidelines for like 15 seconds, and she was... I don't know, 15 yards away. It was awesome. 
Awesome. And if she could hear her, I, I, she better be able to hear her. I want, that's what I'm choosing to believe. It was, it was <laughs> lovely dark arts there. Um, 95th, stuff. 95th minute. The thing that's made you happiest of all more happier, even than the volley in the first half was the graphic that said CFC 11 fouls, North Alabama, six fouls. We have written in all caps because you were involved in this document. Fouling is winning. Fouling is winning folks. I don't know how to, to say it any more clearly Games are won and lost by how you foul, when you foul, and the best teams, like in terms of play, in terms of results, are the best fouling teams. It's about when you when you take a card, how you take the card, what moments do you do you take from half chance? You don't let half chances become full chances, and you don't like you you foul in, in the attacking third of the field when your when your attackers are in their attacking third but don't have the ball. You stop things. You stop letting things get bad. You just cut them out and foul and live to fight another day. We did that really, really well. And obviously no foul was better than Polly, Polly getting a dog. So to, to stop a goal. So fouling is winning. Fouling is winning. Fouling. Also, Polly did nothing wrong. Polly did nothing wrong. That honestly, we should name the podcast. Polly did nothing. This wrong. recap. Polly did nothing wrong. Done. I'll, I, I, will, I will get with the producers. And by that, I mean me. Um, <laughs> in the 95th minute, last note of the game, Chaco for Avery. Um, felt like more... Um, for Alexa Avery, excuse me. There's a lot of Averys. Uh, felt like more time-wasting here um, with the sub in the end. Love it. Um, yeah, and the referee finally blows the whistle with, again, six minutes added time. What the fuck, dude? Like, so many minutes for not that much that <laughs> happens. Um, and we were, we were, we won celebrations all over the place. Happiness. First win in the, uh, reincarnated CFC women's team that is back, um, at home celebration with the fans, man, it felt, it was a good night. It was a really good night. It was fantastic. Uh, just amazing, uh, amazing atmosphere. The, the players, the players played hard, played even harder down, uh, with, with, with the red card situation. Um, Man, could, can't ask for anything more from the first for the first home game of the season. I agree. I agree. I'm so happy. So, um, any any other big takeaways we want to we want to give before we get out of here? Now that we finished our review. Uh, I, I want to point out one thing, and that's I want to see number one. I want to see what what happens with with the poly red card. Uh, it's a terrible fucking call. I imagine it could be appealed. I don't anticipate that working at all. Uh, so if it let's just assume it does not work and she's suspended for a match, is have have we already seen the move uh, and that CC to right back, or is it Cal at the center back and Anna Lancer to right back? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, mean, I think there's. I think there's some interesting possibilities there. Uh, but I think it's clear that the balance, like we talked about, the balance of this team was really, really good, and I, I yeah, I imagine we'll want to see that continue into uh, continue into into next week. Here's my, and by the way, next week, double header for two one games to one two for, games to get to one for the men's team, one for the women's team, not two for the women's yeah. team. That would be tough or two for the men's team. That'd be real tough in the same night. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to make a prediction. Um, I'm just gonna make a prediction and then you feel free to make one if you want as well. Uh, I'm going to guess that we, um, that the red card stands, I'm going to assume that it does. There's just no way. There's a goal involved. Um, they're not going to change it. I'm going to guess we go with the same starting lineup with CC in place of Polly, and then I'm going to guess that um, Vanessa, Lana come, Vanessa Lara excuse me, comes in for um, 
comes in and plays on the on the right side or the left side, and then Aguilar plays on the other side. So I think it'll be the same starting lineup, um, roughly, with uh, or at least the same start, uh, the same thing we saw kind of in the second half with CC playing right back and Catlett staying at the sixth. And then I just I think that Vanessa will come in. I think we looked good once that happened. And obviously, there's a lot of subs that can be made, but I just feel like that's gonna be the starting lineup. I don't know. That's my prediction. Uh, I'll make one more. I think we'll see more of Kaylee Burrell. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if Montez or Pierce was brought was taken out for Burrell to start, um, because, especially because you have unlimited subs. So it is not it, as it important almost, who you start. Yeah, it almost doesn't matter at all. I mean, it does matter because the person who starts is probably going to play more minutes, probably. But like, yeah, it, it kind of doesn't matter because you, you're able to make so many tactical decisions and tactical changes. So um, as long as listen, as long as uh, Aguilar is starting, Breezy's happy. <laughs> all the yeah. all the sauce, yeah. all the dictation of the game. Yeah, she's she's the bomb. All right, Matthew. Yeah. The is the Isabel the Isabel Aguilar fan club starts uh, here. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like this breakdown, if you think that's a good thing, would love to hear about it. If you hated it, well, I guess you know, don't listen or or let us know. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> we, we uh, doing more, t- trying to do a few more episodes, trying to do a few more tactical breakdowns and, and more detailed stuff. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed. If you're a, a player or a, a a parent and you felt like we were left something out, sorry, we're two idiots who never played soccer at a high level, just talking about soccer. So anyway, great win. Good fun. Thank you, Matthew, for joining me. And uh, we'll catch up with you next week.